Every Tuesday morning, um, our staff meets for about, a, about an hour and a half, and, uh, and you can split that meeting roughly into, uh, into thirds. About a third of it is a devotional study, about a third of it is time in prayer, and about a third of it we, uh, we discuss the logistics of the week, you know, what's coming up, what do we need to be prepared for. And right now, uh, Bob is leading the devotional part of the, uh, of, of the, of the meeting, and, uh, and he's taking us through a Christmas carol. The, the same class that he's doing you know, here on Sunday mornings. Um, most of us aren't able to attend that, so he, uh, he brings that to us, and it's been really interesting. Uh, we had the first session where we met Marley's ghost, uh, and uh, this Tuesday we're going to, uh, to meet the ghost of Christmas past, and uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation. I love Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. I remember reading this book when I was in seventh grade, uh, in literature class, and uh, and I've read it a couple of times since. It's just such a wonderful classic story, and, and of course, there's wonderful movie adaptations. There are also less than wonderful movie adaptations. I don't know if you've seen any of those, uh, but uh, um, the uh, there, there there are over fifty adaptations of, of that story. I just did a quick Google search on that. I was like, wow, I can't believe how many times this story has been made into some kind of a video. And in our house, the official version is the one with George C. Scott from 1984. That's the one that, you know, my kids will flat out tell you, no, everything else is wrong. This is the one. Now, I bring up this classic book because Ebenezer Scrooge is a glorious example of an essential Advent idea. The idea of repentance. I'm going to come back to that as we go through this. Advent is a season of repentance. It's a period of time that is set aside to consider who we are to examine ourselves and to consider who we are in relationship with God. As the world rushes toward Christmas, and we rush toward it too, don't we? There's so many things that are going on. Our calendars get very full, full of good things, and we often get crazy busy. Advent urges us to slow down a little bit or maybe even to stop for a little while and to reflect on our identity. To, to look at our lives, our feelings, and our attitudes in light of God's word. In light of who Jesus is. In, in light of all that God has done for us. In fact, we could just say that we do this in light of God. His identity. His existence. And his feelings and attitudes as they've been revealed to us in Jesus and in his word. And when our identity doesn't match up with, with God's will for us or when our lives are, are not lived according to God's ways and when our feelings and our, our attitudes and our actions don't line up with God, we are called to repent. Repent. That's the message that, that John the Baptist preached in our gospel lesson. You know, read that back through. See how many times he mentions repentance. This is something that's important 
to consider in our lives. You know, the message that he preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Just, you know, as a you know, spoiler, Jesus comes later and guess what his first message is too? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what is repentance? Some people equate regret with repentance. They think that repentance is when you feel bad or when you feel sorry because you've done something wrong. And while regret and feeling bad might be part of repentance, and they're definitely sometimes completely appropriate, right? Okay, maybe it's just me again. All right. Uh, There's more to the story. There's more to the story than just feeling bad because we did something that's wrong. And this is where our friend Ebenezer Scrooge is helpful. If you know the story, please indulge me as I recap. Ebenezer Scrooge was a greedy, cantankerous, callous, heartless jerk. And in the story, Scrooge gets visited by four ghosts. His dead business partner, who was as bad as Scrooge in life and now suffers the consequences in death. The ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. Each confronts Scrooge. Each one forcing him to see how his miserly ways have hurt him, have hurt others, and how his ways will, in the end, bring him to ruin. He comes through these apparitions, and he's a changed man. Early in the book, Scrooge declares that Christmas is humbug. You know what that means, right? It's foolishness. It's not true. It's false. It's a lie. It's humbug. But by the end of the story, the narrator tells us that it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. Scrooge changed. That's repentance. Not just feeling bad, not just being sorry, but striving to change, to become more Christ-like. The psalmists talked about it as walking in God's ways or or following God's paths. It's seeing our sin and, and turning away from it, changing the way that we think and we act. But, but even at that, the idea of repentance as change is, is insufficient. We have to ask why. Why change at all? And again, I think Scrooge is helpful. Did Scrooge change because the ghosts you know, convicted him of being a terrible person? Did he change because they convinced him how good it would be to keep Christmas? Or did he change because he He woke up that morning and he was grateful for another chance. And I think this gratitude moved Scrooge to change as much or more than anything else that he experienced. This is what we too 
too often miss about repentance. We tend to see it as something that we look at our, our lives through a lens of shame, or a lens of guilt. And sometimes there's good reason for that, right? We recognize our sin, and it hurts. It hurts us. It hurts the people around us. It stinks. And that, guilt, that lens of guilt and shame, it, it, it's, it's a good thing to look at our lives through from time to time. But again, there is more. There is joy. There is hope. There is love. There is forgiveness. And there is new life. There's power in the Holy Spirit. And there's gratitude. Thanks be to God. He has given us new life. Thanks be to God that that he has freed us from sin, death, and hell. So now, now, we can live in him and for him. In the small catechism, Martin Luther writes about baptism. Uh, he, He says that baptism signifies that we have this daily contrition and repentance for our sin. And it really sounds like he's, he's going with this guilt and shame part of repentance. And that each day we are to drown our old sinful nature in the waters of baptism. And I think that we tend to understand that part pretty well. This admission of guilt and this, this recognition of our sin. We have to put to death our sin. We, we, we have to restrain ourselves and exercise discipline. And these are, these are good things. But they're not the whole thing. And if we're doing these things because we think that these are the things that we must do to please God and get his attention and get his blessings, then we're completely off base. But there's more to the story. And here's what we often overlook. That by daily contrition and repentance, we drown our old nature. And then a new person rises up from the waters of baptism. A new person comes to life in Christ. We arise from the baptismal waters, washed, renewed, alive in Christ to to live, to live. Jesus says, "I, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, right? Or have it in abundance. And we're called to live before God in righteousness, but it's not our righteousness. It's Jesus' righteousness that we live in and in purity. But it's not our purity. It's the purity of the Holy Spirit at work in us. And we live before God in righteousness and purity forever. You are that new person. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are changed. The old is gone. The new has come. Repentance is living the change. Advent is time to take stock, to evaluate, to to meditate on God's word and to pray. It's time to look at our lives and to ask, where am I not living the change? And as we identify those parts of our lives, we bring them to Jesus, the one who was born died and rose to
to win our forgiveness. And we live in the freedom and and joy of his forgiveness. And we pray for the power to change. We pray for the Holy Spirit to teach us God's ways. We pray for him to guide us in God's paths. And we repent. Or perhaps it's better to say that Jesus repents us. Because all of this happens in his grace. Changing our hearts, our minds, our lives. As we wait for Jesus to come again. Amen.